Hey, thanks for coming back to another episode here of About Faith. Um, I do want to say that I am glad that you continue to come back and join me every week. It is, I never count it as a, uh, uh, I, de- I never look at it as a, uh, a light thing, but uh, I am happy that you do come to join me and give me support every week. Um, I love talking about the word of God. I love talking about all things that pertain to the word of God. And I'm glad that you continue to, you know, give me support on these things every week. Um, gives me the strength and the mind to just keep on doing it and keep on trying to do it each and every week. So last week, uh, we started talking about some facts of the Bible, on the truth of the Bible and why we can believe the Bible and the word of God. I kind of gave some history on why I wanted to do this um, as I was witnessing to want someone. And it started and our conversation led me to wanted to do some podcasts on facts of the Bible. So go back and listen to last week's podcast. You can find it on Apple, Google or even YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. So wherever you at, go back and kind of listen to that and catch back up. But this week, we're going to continue in that same lane and talk and continue to talk about truth of scripture and what it's talking about. Um, and this week, we're going to kind of talk about some of the contradictions and errors that uh, the Bible may contain. And I started to think about contradictions and errors and started thinking about how uh First of all, you have to think about who God is and some of the attributes of God. And the first attribute I came across or came to that remind that I felt like can kind of go with this subject of contradiction and errors is that the Bible talks about and we learned that God, uh, one of the attributes of God is that is truth and that truth pertains to all his speech. When we look at the Bible, when we look at what the Bible teaches us when regarding truth in God, uh, Jesus even says it. He says that he says that I'm the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So not only that, but the Bible also says that God is not a man that he should lie. So that's telling us, and we're learning from that, is that everything when it comes to the nature of God, everything that when it comes to who God is, it's it's it's, it's embedded in him uh to be truthful. Um, he doesn't have to try to get over on anyone. He's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes, but he's a truthful God about everything he speaks and everything that he says. So, um, when we look at scripture, we can understand that scripture would never, 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 never mislead its readers and what it's talking about and whether, what it asserts or what it commands. Um, it's not going to try to, as we were just saying, pull the wool over your eyes or try to uh, confuse you in any way. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that God is not the author of confusion. He's not trying to confuse people. He's not trying to mix people up. And a lot of times when you start looking at confusion, when you start looking at mixing people up, when people will start getting, um, as we say on this side, spooky deep or things like that, um, you can kind of see uh, that it usually comes from the enemy. What the enemy is trying to do is confuse you. And you even see it in the garden, right? He comes to Eve and he says that did not, did not God say he's trying to manipulate. He's trying to confuse. He's already, uh, uh, trying to play with her head. And the Bible even talks about how, where lies come from. The Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. The devil, he's the father of lies. So if God doesn't have, uh, uh, uh any, he can't lie and his whole uh his whole nature is made up of truth then we should be able to trust the scriptures we should be able to look at the scriptures and we should be able to 
uh, 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 say that they are not wrong, but they are very truthful in what they command and what they assert. And a lot of times, this is the same thing that we've heard from theologians uh, throughout the years. They, uh, they, they make the claims or, uh, they, they oftentimes when they speak about scripture, they say how scripture is, uh, inerrant. It doesn't have any errors in it at all. And when we think about this and when we, when we hear this, this is a true saying. The scripture that they were penned by the original authors and properly interpreted, uh, you have, to, and you also have to add this, you have to add that properly interpreted because, uh, what happened is people will try to twist scripture and pervert scripture and try to make it mean what they want it to mean so they can do what they want to do. So, but when it's properly interpreted and when it's, when, when we look at how it was penned by its original authors, uh, you can understand that it was shown to be truth and not false in everything that it affirms or everything that it claims. And this is based on the fact that God truly did author scripture. If God truly did author scripture, we can understand that everything that it, that it states about itself is truth. Everything that it says about itself, we can stand on. As a matter of fact, the Bible even says that heaven and earth shall pass away before one jot or one tittle of the word shall fail. And we've seen it throughout history, how that the word continues to speak and the word continues to manifest itself and continue to come true. So we can trust and stand on scripture that is true because it came from God and God, if he really did author scripture, if he truly did author scripture, then it cannot possibly contain error because God cannot lie. Remember, and even even more than that, he can't even be mistaken. But 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 when we look at critics and and critics that, that are coming against the Bible, um, what they try to say is that the Bible, when we look at the Bible, it has 66 books authored by 40 different people. And there's numerous um, and a bunch of different topics. And especially when it talks about things that pertain to life. Uh, and, and, and when you look at that 66 books, 40 different people writing over a, a, a long span of time, I think about 2000 years, even up to. And when we look at that, uh, there's no way that it can be consistent and, and, and in harmony regarding its message. When you look at the, the, the span that it's been over and the amount of people that, that poured into it, there's no way you can look at scripture and it won't have any error or contain no errors in it at all and not be contradictory one to the other. There's no way that it can be uh, uh, harmonious when we look at scripture, when we think about all the authors and all the time that they took to write this word. But I I, I want to say one thing that if we're going to say that it has error, if we're going to say that it has error, let's try to see what we mean when we talk about error. What is meant by error and contradiction? What, what do they mean by that? And when talking about error, it can be divided into two statements. The writers of the Bible uh, one, when I would say one is the writers of the Bible, uh, contradict themselves or one another. That's, that's one area we can look at when they, when they write the word, they, they, they say one thing here. Then the next thing they say a different thing here. And then you have this author over here saying something different from this author over there, Paul and Peter saying two different things. And then you have. You look in the Old Testament, you have different authors saying Moses saying one thing, uh, and then you come back and you have the book of Job saying a different thing. And so 
it's saying that it can be contradictory to itself and to the other authors that wrote it. And then also the second thing would be that the Bible uh, teaches what is inconsistent regarding facts of history or even science. And we're not going to talk too much about facts and history of science, but I may get into that uh, another time. But when we look at what we have so far, there's only two things that uh, uh, when they're speaking about contradictories, that contradictions or errors that it's really talking about. Now, now, if we were to go by the alleged discrepancies, they are meaning when they talk about when they're bringing up errors. Uh, we would not just need a, a volume. We would need volumes and volumes of books to, to talk about all of the errors and discrepancies that these people are, 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 are talking about when they talk about the Bible contains error. What they're mostly referring to, though, is copying mistakes. For instance, uh, the manuscripts of the New Testament, uh, when you read them, some of them, uh, when they talk about John or they refer to John, it has John with one end. And then when you look at others, it has John with two ends. And so when you look at that, if it was a uh, error and one, it, 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 it could equal out to thousands and thousands of errors. So they would say, oh, well, this is contradictory because some of them say has John with one end and the other one has John with two ends. So if it does that a thousand times over, then you would say it has a thousand errors. But let's be honest, right? So if I say it was John with one end or John with two ends, no matter how I spelled his name, whether I just made a mistake on spelling his name, that does not mean that the context of the scripture or the context of the meaning is different. If I was speaking to you and I said John and John went to the store and then you wrote it down, John with two ends went to the store. But then he actually tells you his name is spelled John with one N. It doesn't change the fact that John went to the store. And so that's what we look at. When we look at scripture, you have a lot of people that are trying to say that it's contradictory. They're just trying to find fault in scripture. And when they say they have a thousand of errors, a lot of times what they're talking about is little things like this and, and misspellings or things like that. And the reason why you have these things like this and, and when you look at uh, uh, think about how manuscripts were copied. It's because they were copied by men who were called scribes. There was no, no, no printing press, no typewriters, uh, uh, no laptops. I know when I said typewriters, a lot of the younger people probably thinking, what is that? But there was no computers or laptops or iPads. Uh, so there was nothing you could take a photo of and just send it to someone. You know, sometimes you can get an app and you can take a photo of a document and it'll put it in there for you to put all the words in for, in there for you. So they didn't have all of these things. So how did they copied they had to be hand copied and they were copied by these men these individuals that we call we know as scribes and i know someone may say and so even in that right let's think about that right so if i'm copying something by hand to try to preserve it from generation to generation uh of course right i may be working long hours i may be doing this over a long period of time and that may you know not cross a T or not dot an I, but that does not mean that it changed the context of what it was that I was putting out. And someone may even think to themselves, well, if you had a man copying it, you had a scribe copying it, surely they were changing things and making things say that they wanted them to say. And it was not the original context that the author intended for scripture. It was not the original context that the author would have put in there for what he could, what he wanted to say. But 
when you understand a scribe, a scribe, uh, uh, they were not to add, remove, or, or alter any syllable and that they regarded their text as decrees from God that they needed to abide by and perhaps even die for. And this can be uh, studied. Scribes were serious about what about their job. You know, a lot of people nowadays, they, they give you just enough effort to not get fired. But a scribe was not that way. A scribe wanted to make sure that they got it right. They wanted to make sure that they uh, 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 kept intact the integrity of scripture, the integrity of the meaning of the scripture, of the word that had been pinned down, that had been uh, wrote, written down because they viewed it as coming from God. And there was nothing needed to be changed because it came from God. They didn't want to, not like people nowadays, that they can take a leave or they pick with scriptures. No, they wanted to put the whole thing in there because they truly believed that this was the word of God and that in order for us to live by it, I need to maybe, I need to keep it intact in its original context and make sure we don't change it. So they didn't add to it. They didn't take away from it, but they wrote it just as it was. Now, granted, oh, I may forget a period here i heard someone say well you look at scripture and you see uh one 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 place they may say uh uh, uh and or where they may say it was two people or another place they may say it was five people and i'm just i'm just paraphrasing i'm just giving you something here i'm not thinking of any particular scripture at the moment but when you look at that, that doesn't mean like someone gave an example. They said, if I go on a trip and I say, hey, I went on vacation and then somebody else comes and tells you, yeah, uh, his family, him, his wife, his kids, they went on vacation. That does not change the fact or that does not change the context that, again, I still went on vacation. Just because I didn't tell you that. You know, my wife went with me and my kids went with me. I just said, hey, I went on vacation. Does not change the context that I still went on vacation. So when we look at the scripture, a lot of times what they what these uh, uh, these critics try to do is they try to uh, mask what they're saying. So even when we look at scripture and we understand, as we said, a, a scribe, a scribe was very concerned about uh, uh, the correct interpretation of scripture. Uh, so much so even uh, uh, they they would even question Jesus on his interpretation. And we see it. We see it in scripture. And uh, we, when we read the word of God, we even see it in scripture, how they were trying to question Jesus. And I want to do more uh, as I go along, sometimes reading the scripture so that we can understand what it's saying and see exactly what we're talking about as we go through uh, the scripture. So I'm going to read Mark 12 so we can see that even scrub scribes were serious about getting the right interpretation. So they wouldn't be trying to change what it was that God said. So even Jesus himself came along and they were still questioning his interpretation of the scriptures that he was giving. So Mark 12, 28 through 33, when you read it, it says, and one of the scribes came up and heard him, them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is here, O Israel, the Lord, our God, 
the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than, than all who burnt offerings and sacrifices. See, even they were trying to question Jesus on his interpretation of scripture. So these people that you see are who are very much concerned with keeping intact the proper interpretation wouldn't have changed scripture at all. Would they have made a error in maybe like we stated earlier, putting two ends when it should have been one end? Possibly, possibly. I can see that. I understand that, but that doesn't change the con- context of scripture or, or lessen the strength of scripture or make the scripture to be a lie and not to be the truth. And so when we look at scripture and people talking about errors that scriptures contain, when we talk, when it talks about how the scripture contains thousands of error, we can come to the conclusion that many of what they're ta- much of what they're talking about is trivial at best. Mainly what they talk about uh, and what they point out, we can see now, as I've given you examples, is that uh, what they're what they're referring to it it, it mainly relates to uh, numbers or or a letter here, or punctuation, or dates, or things like that. Or it can be ascribed uh, to the error of the transcriber, of the person that was copying the original text. See, it doesn't have error like they try to make you think it has error, that it's not truth, that you can't take it for what it is because, you know, it's it has so many errors and men were writing it. So it couldn't be the word of God. They were putting what they wanted to put. No, 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 no. This is not some slave master's Bible. This is not some white man's religion, but this is the word of God and it comes from God and it's not uh, something to be taken for granted. The devil's always going to try to tell you that the word of God is not real or what God said is not true. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. We again, as we said, we see it even when in the garden. Oh, God, what God said, that won't happen. So he needs you to not trust in the word of God. If you don't trust in the word of God, if you don't believe what God said in his word, what happened, or if you have a problem with it, or if you think what God said has contains error, if you think what God is, God was mistaken, then you won't stand on it. You won't believe it and you won't act on it. But see, all the time he's knowing that he's sowing the seed into you that's going to cause you to not look at scripture the right way. And if you can't look at scripture, if you can't believe scripture, how will you ever know God? Because the Bible says that they that know God shall be strong and do exploits. And you can't know God if you don't know or understand his word. The devil wants to confuse you. He wants to trick you. He wants to have your mind going every way. He wants to you. He wants you to come into him thinking that you're getting new revelation when the Bible has already spoken and gave us everything that we need that pertain to life. But the enemy wants to sow seeds of doubt in your mind that you can't trust scripture, that you can't trust the word of God, that you can't believe what's been written because it contains errors 
And when you really look at it, when you really study it, and you have to really study it to find these things that they're talking about, when you really understand it, that these things are very, very, very small. I would say on the other end, it's a miracle when you think about all the different authors over all the different years from different cultures, different ways of life that have written words that have been inspired by God. And when you read it and you find that it only contains these, these very, very, very few errors that we're, t- that we've been talking about. You mean to tell me men that come from different t- areas of time, men that come from different uh, 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 walks of life and cultures, they were able to pin down and coin something that was very, very cohesive. When you read it and you understand the word of God and you read it and let the spirit guide you, you understand that it is it, it, it does. It, it is it, it, it does have this harmony. When you read through it and all these men from all these different walks of life were on the same page and the word of God was this way. That's a miracle because that shows that God inspired every last one of those individuals. So when we look at the word of God, when we look at what people are talking about when they speak of contradictions and errors and they talk about. The thousands of areas that the Bible contains, you have to understand what they mean. A lot of times people will say, oh, the Bible contains errors and they'll leave it at that or they'll point out one thing and they'll leave it at that. And which, which will then get into the mind of someone who may have been on the fence, someone who may have been already questioning their faith in God. It'll get into their minds, get into their hearts. And now instead of believing the word of God, they can't believe the word of God because someone mentioned to them a trivial error. Which was not, which did not change the context of scripture, which did not change the meaning of behind what the original author intended. But they'll do those things. The devil will use those individuals to get into your mind to make you not believe the word of God, because he understands if you can get a good hold on the word of God. And you can understand who God really is and the way you're going to do that, as we stated, is through the word of God that you will be a stronger Christian. You'll be able to stand up against all the wild of the enemy. And he will have no, no way of fighting you. Remember, the word of God is our sword. And you can't if the, if the Bible contained errors and contradictions, it would be a dull sword at best. And you can't expect to fight with a dull sword. So when we look at the Bible, when we look at what they're talking about when they say that it has errors, I would say that you have to give it the same, uh, put it up against the same test that you do other uh, literary articles when it comes to other liter- uh, literature and, and, and things like that. People don't question it or they give it the benefit of a doubt when it comes to a, a, a. When it comes to a misspelling or something like that, they give it the, they give the benefit of the doubt to the text. Do the same thing with the word of God. When you see, when you, when you research and you study and it, and you realize that the errors that these people are talking about are, are, are just spellings again, maybe a date or 
time, like when it, when you realize it's just spellings and things like that, things that are that don't change the context, don't change the meaning. When you realize it like that, you should still just toss it to the wind and continue to believe the word of God. It's been another episode here of About Faith. I want to thank you for joining me. Remember to like, share, subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening on, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, or YouTube. Thank you. And until next time, we're going to go ahead and roll the outro. This has been another episode of the About Faith Podcast with me, your host, TJ Hawthorne. I want to thank you for tuning in. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. So why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and on all your social media platforms, share it with your friends. And until next time, be blessed.